that that stung because I was like, this is my fault. This is this is because I didn't act quickly enough. And now not only did you know did I miss the mark, but you know, I don't want to leave him with a bitter taste in his mouth regarding Annunciation Heights in general. Welcome back to One Visit Away with your host, Kevin Fitzpatrick. This show focuses on true stories of philanthropy in order to understand what it takes to succeed in major gift fundraising. Listen to these stories and you'll realize you're just one visit away from a transformational experience for your benefactors and your organization. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the One Visit Away podcast. In this episode, I'm excited for you to hear from one of the students of Major Gift Millions who's been through the course, and uh, he has some stories to share just from his career in Major Gifts and also just about his experience going through the course. So I hope you find this episode valuable. If you're interested in enrolling in Major Gift Millions, go to onevisitaway.com slash millions, or feel free to just send me an email, kevin at onevisitaway.com. Uh, if you have any questions or you need to know some more information, whatever it is, let me know. Um, would love to have you in the course. We've already got over 100 students enrolled and seeing some pretty cool things in there. So there's going to be more uh, students as well as teams who are going to come on and talk about their experience going through the course. But uh, go check it out, and I look forward to seeing you in the course. And I hope you enjoy this great conversation with Tom Myers. Well, welcome to the One Visit Away podcast, Tom. Thanks for being here. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so if you could just tell everybody uh, a little bit about who you are and what you do. Uh, yeah, so my name is Tom Myers. I uh, run development and fundraising for a nonprofit in Colorado in Estes Park called Annunciation Heights Catholic Family Youth Camp. Uh, and its sister property, Camp St. Malo, which is more of a historical pilgrimage site. Um, started about two and a half years ago um, after discerning out of the priesthood and um, have been raising money ever since. And uh, yeah, I mean, our mission is to the family. So uh, the reason we exist is um, we we basically see a lack of infrastructure for um, families to feel confident in their ability to kind of raise their families in, in the faith. Um, so obviously as a Catholic camp, that is hugely important. Um, but, uh, we want to be able to basically fill in the gaps for people, um, whether it's, you know, people who want to raise a family haven't yet, but, uh, don't know where to go or young families who need resources, um, or just a place to kind of get away from it all. Um, or, or even just, uh, you know, to give people kind of uh, the resources they need to bring back into the real world, into their busy lives. Um, we do all of that through our programming. And uh, it's pretty incredible what we've seen, what I've seen at least just through families kind of yeah. changing from uh, a house of roommates, if you will, to, to a home, mm. to a real family. Um, yeah. Yeah. And a lot of that's just like getting them, uh, you know, as far as I understand, getting them, together like in the outdoors doing doing things together as a family and not just like well yeah like what you said just like everybody's doing their own activities uh we meet together at the end of the day and go to sleep and then uh restart the next day yeah absolutely i mean if even you know regardless of whether or not you're a person of faith um i think it's it's a 
a pretty well-known and accepted fact that uh, if you want to kind of improve uh, as a family, you should do it in the context of the family and not individually. Mm-hmm. Uh, things tend to stick better that way. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Well, let's, uh, you and I met, so I was thinking about this the other day. Um, you and I met cause you messaged me on LinkedIn yeah. at some point, like a little, <laughs> little question about something. And I immediately, you know, sometimes I'll just like look and see if somebody's <laughs> cell phone number's there. I'll call them. And, uh, so I called you back and, and you were, you were like, what the heck? And, uh, and that's how we got kind of started talking. And, uh, yeah, it's been fun. So you and I have just kind of <clears throat> gone back a few times, a few conversations, and then you were one of the founding members that went through Major Gift Millions. And so that's something we're going to talk about today um, towards the end is kind of your experience going through that. But before we get there, you've got some stories to share, uh, as all of our guests do. And uh, I'll let you take it away with wherever you want to start. Oh, my goodness. Wow. It's such a blank slate. Um I can give you a little more direction. Yeah, you, give give me some want. direction because I have tons of stories, but uh, picking one can okay, be the hardest so part. Here's one of the stories. You told me one of your stories at one point, which was both triumphant and filled with failure, uh, all in the same in the same tale. Um, you probably know what I'm talking about. Could you could you tell everybody about that one? Yeah. So this was a. Um... <laughs> This is towards the towards the end of this past calendar year. Uh, we were raising money for, um, well, really just for for un, unrestricted gifts. But um, it was kind of your classic like end of year end of year campaign. Um, but uh, I had set kind of an internal goal in my head, uh, almost like a secret higher bar than the sixty thousand we had set for ourselves at a hundred thousand, um, and. Uh, it was getting towards the end of the year. It was, it was probably December. I think it was December 17th. And I was uh, just helping a friend move on a Saturday, got an email from a donor that I, whose name I didn't recognize at all. Um, so actually he wasn't a donor yet, but uh, he had emailed me with, it was clear he had texted me from the phone on his email uh, because there was a bunch of little like typos and things. Hey, uh, you know, I'm thinking about giving, but is the, wish list of things that you're looking to fund on your website up to date. Um, and so I just decided to give him a call right away. I think he was uh, a little surprised because it was probably on there on my email for about 30 seconds before I called him. Um, so we start talking. He's never even been up to the camp, never seen the place, uh, had heard about it through a friend of a friend, um, but was involved in, uh, you know, in the financial world. And, uh, started talking to me about his, how his son was involved in, you know, outdoor uh, ed and things like that. And really wanted to um, see if he could help out. And at this point I had no idea in what way or how much he wanted to help us. But um, I started talking to him about the chapel that we have up there and how we're looking to improve it. There's a lot of room to make it kind of more Catholic, if you will. Uh, right now it kind of looks more like a meeting area than, than a chapel, although it is, uh, it is improving day by day. Um, so once we hit on that, he was like, yeah, you know, um, I'm going to have to pray about it with me and my wife, but, uh, we'd like to give something in the realm of like $45,000. Mind you, our apostolate is pretty young. So a $45,000 gift is one of the largest gifts bar none. Um, and so, you know, 
I had to kind of collect myself, play it cool, but also be really like, you know, excited because it was an exciting thing. Um, and so uh, we left the conversation at that. We, we scheduled a follow-up. Um, probably the middle of the last week of December, I get an email and uh, it was, it was great. Cause usually I have to follow up with people, but he followed up with me before I could follow up with him. And he was like, yeah, we're actually going to give $70,000. Um, psych. <laughs> I was like, wow. I, I honestly, at this point, it was hard for me to respond. I was speechless. Um, and uh, we start working on how it's going to actually happen we want to do a wire transfer, yada, yada, yada. So I go through, um, you know, the usual channels to get that information because it's kind of locked down for obvious reasons. Send him the wiring information I was given and uh, he sends it, to, send it, sends it on its way, but it was immediately uh, returned or within 24 hours it was returned. And in the banking world, as I learned, you know, when you, when you send money and then you send it back, it takes a couple days for those transactions to happen. So there's basically uh, $70,000 floating up in the air because the uh, wiring account number, the routing number I had been given was for a different nonprofit, basically. Uh, <laughs> and so I, that was a fun sword to fall on. Uh, <laughs> explained it to him and he was like, yeah, you know, no worries. Uh, it's totally fine. I, I get it. These things happen. Just give me the correct information. We'll send it again. I'm like, are you going to send it again? You're going to send another 70000 So we have $140,000 floating in the internet ether at this point because he does send it again. Um, but the next day, uh, I get a call from uh, another gentleman who just so happens to be this man's best friend but also the executive director of a, of a local nonprofit that is not tied to the archdiocese at all. Um, and he's like, yeah, we received a donation for $70,000 today uh, from, from this guy. Uh, do you have any idea where this is coming from? And I was like, you have to be, you have to be kidding me. So I have to, I have to fall on not one, but two swords. I call him back. This is what's happened. Uh, I am so, so sorry. Uh, this by no means is representative of the norm of our nonprofit. Uh, but we are going to get this figured out. And so I'm on the phones with like Citywide Bank. I'm on the phones with this like random executive director. I'm talking to the treasurer and uh, talking to the donor. And um, eventually we find out that the bank had in error notified this nonprofit of the $70,000 gift because it had actually in the second transfer gone through correctly and arrived in our bank account, um, which was the weirdest thing. Like banks don't just randomly, Oh, I'll just give them a call and let them know they have money. Like that's just not how that works. That's not a standard practice. So the fact that they made a call at all, I went into the wrong place. was just incredibly absurd. Um, but man, throughout the entire thing, this donor was so incredibly gracious. He the whole time he was like, yeah, I mean, I can't say that I've ever seen anything like this happen before, but I've, I've been in finance for like 45 years. So I've definitely seen a lot of things and I get it and don't worry about it. Um, but I'm like, you were prepared to send a third transfer. Like you were about to send us, uh, you know, 
over two hundred thousand dollars. And uh, yeah, so it was a wild ride. But uh, I think one of the biggest things I learned from that, and actually, it kind of came out of our our conversation that we had at the you know when we first met, which was a conversation about kind of uh, how to be authentic with a donor. Uh, there was a question around how to explain kind of a, a misunderstanding in the donation process um, and the amount that they had given. So what I took from that conversation and kind of extrapolated to this, this whole scenario was um, just be honest and don't be afraid to fall on swords. Um, one of the things that's been really helpful for me in talking with you, especially is that, uh, you know, this is not each interaction is not the only interaction that you're going to have. It's not your last chance it's a relationship. Um, and it's something that, you know, ha- is going to need multiple data points of both failures and successes. Um, and so uh, it, it ended up being an opportunity for me to like, just be humble with this guy and also just blown away by some incredibly random generosity. Um, so that was, it was a really, it was a, it was definitely a growing experience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, when when you were telling me that story the first time and hearing it on the podcast, it it's one of the most uncomfortably awkward uh, things I've heard because it's just like, oh gosh, like <laughs> that's bad. But <laughs> but yeah, I mean, fortunately, yeah, I mean, so many times we we think I don't know for a variety of reasons we think like, oh, the donor is they're going to be so particular. And so, uh, I don't know, for, for whatever reason, we feel like they're this just big, you know, mean, grouchy authority figure. And it's like, no, like they're just normal people that like screw stuff up themselves. And by the way, like so many times, you know, one of the things, uh, it's helpful to remember is that se- that 70,000 might seem like an, unbelievably large number to us but for them it's it just because it's seventy thousand doesn't mean it's a lot of money to them and and it's not to say that it's insignificant but it's not the same thing like if you or i sent seventy thousand dollars somewhere and it represented like a gigantic piece of our like like you cannot lose this like like i'm done if you lose this and uh and you know for him he's just like oh i'll send you another one no big deal uh i'm i'm cool without the 70,000 for a few days and uh yeah so i just i love that story super awkward glad it had the positive outcome and uh yeah 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 so am i so am i by the way <laughs> indeed Man, that's a great one. So what about, uh, hmm. Okay. So that one turned out well. Do you happen to have a, uh, a failure story where just like it did not go well? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think one of the things actually that happened recently and by recently, I mean, yesterday, um, <laughs> you know, I obviously, uh, we all have a lot of things going on, but, um, you know, I was talking with a donor who had uh, had recently given a first time gift um, to help us get some things done in our chapel, and um, he, uh, yeah, so he was very gracious, really, you know, fun guy to talk to, um, and 
I reached out once we received the gift gift to schedule a meeting. Um, and for whatever reason, I completely missed his response, did not log it at all, and then forgot to follow up with him to ask him, hey, you know, I haven't seen a response from you. How are we doing on the meeting kind of thing? Um, he just completely fell off the radar. And I reached out recently, probably, I don't know, a week ago, uh, just to apologize and say, hey, um, you know, I'd love to still get coffee if you're open to it. Uh, we also just installed this thing that you bought for the chapel. Um, so I sent him a picture of that as well. And he responded uh, kind of a little matter of factly, which is totally understandable, but was still open to meeting um, and asked, you know, when and where do you want to meet? Uh, and I, he responded kind of towards the end of the day last Friday. I didn't respond over the weekend. And then by the, like, by Monday, I had, you know, the day had basically gotten away from me. And I was like, okay, I'm going to respond to this guy on Tuesday. We got to get this thing scheduled. Uh, but by that time, he had emailed me and was like, hey, uh, I have another meeting that I, uh, that I want to, you know, that needs to meet during that time. Um, so I'm going to take that meeting. And, uh, you know, there's no need for us to meet in the future. And so that, that stung because I was like, this is my fault. This is, this is because I didn't act quickly enough. And now not only did, you know, did I miss the mark, but, you know, I don't want to leave him with a bitter taste in his mouth regarding Annunciation Heights in general. Um, so that was actually one of the, it's funny, like the, the donation amount is neither here nor there. It wasn't kind of making or breaking us, but, uh, it definitely, even like the last, like, 48 hours or whatever since that happened is something that I've really been wrestling with. Um, just found myself very kind of angry at myself uh, and, and trying to wrestle to keep it in perspective, um, both in terms of like, okay, like we fail sometimes I messed up. Um, but also to remember to like, kind of allow like the, um, the humility to kind of sink in a little bit. And what I've been coming to in the last, like, gosh, actually, this is like, we're hot in the heels of this thing. So, um, so uh, really this morning, actually, um, I was able to talk to my boss about it yesterday just because I wanted some counsel on it. Um, and he was, he was really gracious about it. But then this morning, uh, obviously I'm Catholic. So um, I was praying this morning and I uh, was really just kind of struck with the, like there are so many times when I, you know, fall short of a mark. Um, and yet this year we have raised 78% more than we did last year and, um, you know, exceeded our goal well before we expected to. God has been incredibly gracious and generous with us this year through our donors and new ones. Um, and the fact that I'm still, you know, consistently i fall short in various ways including this one uh and we're still successful reminds me that um it doesn't have a whole lot to do with me um a lot you know and and that doesn't mean uh that my job isn't important or it doesn't matter but um 
it's kind of a, it was a cool experience for me as someone who sees God and everything uh, to be reminded that uh, God is working in our apostolate and making things happen and fruit come to ripen uh, in spite of me. <laughs> it sometimes seems. Uh, and so, yeah, it was a, it was a good dose of humility. And uh, I have, I'm already kind of planning on ways to rectify that relationship um, or at least give him the opportunity to, to, to come back if he wants to. Um, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So that was not a fun experience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man. Yeah. I think that's a good one. And thank you for sharing that yeah. because it's funny. Some of the, I think I've said this on the, the podcast before or in other places, but my experience is that some of the worst fundraisers in uh the world are the ones that so like what you said like basically how you're not that important in the process the worst fundraisers in the world focus entirely on i am the most important thing in the process like like if they tell a story like like if there's a story of some you know big gift that came into the organization it's like, I am going to tell this story in the way that highlights what I did as much as humanly possible and <laughs> completely ignores what anyone else might have contributed to this to this situation. And and it's the people who uh, and, you know, those people, I think they they get their short term, uh, short lived success, you know, success in you know, a new job or whatever, yeah. but it's, it's the people who understand like, Hey, I, I make mistakes sometimes and I do my best to apologize for those things and mend those situations. But some, sometimes that doesn't happen. And at the end of the day, remembering it's like exactly what you said. Like you want to, uh, you want to repair this relationship, not because like, oh, I don't want my feelings to be hurt and I don't want to feel sad about this for the rest of my life. But you don't want your uh, failure to affect this guy's relationship with the organization. Exactly. Which is the much more important. Or anybody who knows for that matter, you know. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So yeah, I think that's a I think that's a great story. I think it's something we've all uh, we've all done things like that, um, in you know one way or another, and they don't get they don't get told enough. So I appreciate <laughs> that. So yeah, what's a uh, uh, what about something? Do you have any anything particularly funny that's happened on a visit? Um, it's funny. It's a it's a little gross. Uh, <laughs> Perfect. So I'll, I'll, I'll try and kind of convey the, the story, but without, you know, making people lose their breakfast. Um, as I almost did in this story. Um, so I was on a first kind of face to face meeting with a guy who um, had actually been a camper at our sister property, Camp St. Malo that I had mentioned earlier. It used to be a children's camp a long, long time ago, no longer. Um, and he is well into his seventies, but, uh, is one of those guys who's still climbing 14ers. Um, 
And uh, for those who don't know, 14ers are just the big tall mountains in the Rockies who are, that are over 14,000 feet. Um, and uh, we finally got lunch. He's a great guy, has a great passion for um, outdoor education and, and his faith, the Catholic faith. So um, the lunch is going great. He's a talker. So this is one of those meetings where, you know, kind of in line with your class, you know, we were, I was just letting it go, like letting it roll on as long as he wanted it to. And he really wanted it to. So, um, so we start talking about everything and <laughs> our meals come and, uh, he's, he's, uh, begins to go into kind of like his more personal, like, like health and like wellness. And, starts to talk about his colostomy bag while I'm eating a chicken sandwich. <laughs> and um, it just gets more and more detailed. I had ordered an appetizer without knowing that it was like not in line with his diet. And so he was describing what would happen if he had, if he ate that. And dude, I was, I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like he was describing Kevin, everything. He starts describing everything about it. Yeah, that was about a 45-minute conversation, that alone. Um, the lunch t- was about three hours. And uh, it, it ended up being a very good lunch. We, I asked him for several thousand dollars. And, um, and he's, you know, he gave to both Annunciation Heights and came some Mala. But it was definitely kind of a, a trial in, in really listening to what the donor wanted to tell me and wanted to share with me, regardless of whether or not I wanted to hear it. So um, it was, uh, that was, that was one of the more interesting meetings I've had for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That is, yeah, you are, you are hitting some, uh, I don't know, some records or some (laughs) achievements on this podcast for a first in several categories. (laughs) That is, wow, that is incredible. And uh, everyone, um, if you are thinking of getting into major gifts, this is, this is why you should do it is uh, there are, there are few other, few other careers where you can uh, have such a variety to your day and just never know, never know what's going to (laughs) happen. Wow. That is something. Um, Okay. Did not expect that one. Uh, let's see. What are, what are some of the other, uh, some other stories you have to mind? Maybe just like a favorite visit or, uh, or anything else you had prepared? Um, I think one of the thing, it's not so much a story as it is just a, just kind of a trajectory of a relationship. Um, we have, uh, a guy who has now given the largest gift in the history of our organization. Um, but before that, he had um, had just joined the board of Annunciation Heights, and I had met him briefly. But then, uh, this and this is right in the middle of COVID. I, I started my job two weeks before everything shut down in 2020, um, and so I was looking for every opportunity I could to make connections with people. Uh, in spite of kind of the difficulties of actually meeting face-to-face or not. (laughs) Um, And this guy uh, had been 
unbeknownst to me, looking for someone to help him start a foundation for his kids and for uh, uh, other kids as well. And I'll explain a little bit about what it does. But um, long story short, um, he invited me uh, through a friend. So totally unrelated to Annunciation Heights. He didn't even know I was running development at this point. Um, Reached out to me, asked me if I wanted to basically help to run this foundation with his he, for his kids. This thing is called the Order of St. Matthew. Uh, he started it to um, basically nine kids, middle school to high school, to join the board of this foundation. And they decide where to invest the money. Uh, they analyze the investments and their growth. They learn about the economy. Um, and then they then through me, they learn about kind of the spiritual side of philanthropy. Uh, from a, through a Catholic lens, they're all Catholic, um, and then they learn about kind of the, the the practical side of philanthropy as well, like how to size gifts, how to do research on on nonprofits and things like that. And then they give the money away. Once they give the money away, they actually then reach out to. Uh, we have each of them reach out to the, them. Uh, each of them reach out, excuse me, to the nonprofit to kind of build professional skills and then schedule a time to actually go and volunteer and be hands-on with the, with the nonprofit that they're helping. Um, so it's kind of full circle. Um, the idea being we want to teach kids how to, uh, how to wield money, how to use it and not be used by it. Um, so this all started, we make this connection, again, separate from Annunciation Heights, um, and through that time, I've, I've really just come to know him a lot better. And I've, I've been like welcomed into this guy's dreams, like really walking with him in something that he feels, uh, really, really strongly about, right. He like, you know, he sold this business several years ago and made a, a very, very large amount of money, um, and doesn't want his kids to take that for granted. Uh, he, he wants, he's a convert to the faith and wants to make sure that his kids uh, stay faithful and, and uh, are raised as good men. So this is a, a step in his eyes towards that. And uh, I think at least so far in the last two years since we've been doing it, it really has been a fruitful experience. But one of the coolest things about it is that he also has grown in his understanding of tithing and philanthropy and sizing of gifts and things. And um and so that was that was one of the main motivations he told me for making the gift that he did, um, because he wanted to practice what he was preaching essentially, or what he was preaching through me, because <laughs> um, he's not actually part of the kind of the teaching process of the foundation. He just kind of supports it financially and lets us go. But um, that's been a really, really like one of the when I think about what to be grateful for in my job. When it comes to donors uh, and the experiences and relationships I have with them, this is on the top of the list uh, because it's not often that you get to include in, in your job description, like walking with someone in their dreams, right? Like, like really intensely personal stuff. Um, so it's just, it, it's been a really, really humbling and, and fruitful experience, not just hmm. hopefully for him, but, but certainly for myself. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's, that's one of the things that's so cool about working in major gifts. Like I was thinking about 
uh, like I'm going to meet with a, a friend this afternoon um, just to get together and someone I haven't seen in, in several years, but we, we were friends in, in college and like he, you know, we, we were pretty close and um, had a lot of really important conversations and, and stuff like that. So anyway, uh, you know, like going through like tough stuff, each of us just like, you know, having these conversations late at night and going to Whataburger or whatever. And anyway, so I'm going to see this guy later today for the first time in a few years. And I was just reflecting on like some of those, uh, some of those conversations that'll just like stick with me for the rest of my life. And it's like, that's what working in major gifts is not, not every single day and not every single conversation, but it's like, there are people you're going to meet for, you know, you're going to be in relationship with as, you know, a representative of the organization that are going to change your life forever. Like you'll like, you'll, you know, there's certain people like this guy, I would imagine that, you know, 50 years from now, uh, when you're like, you know, 80 or whatever, <laughs> like you're still going to remember, like you might like tell your grandkids or something, some story about this guy. And that's, that's something that's really special. Just the, the human connection, the the real, like, I care about you in kind of both directions that, that exists in major gifts, which is just a huge, a huge blessing. So with that being said, you went through my course, Major Gift Millions. I have not spoken with you since then. Yet you do not seem to have sheer hatred towards me and uh, feeling like you got swindled. So, but maybe. Well, so you could know, you tell everybody nice. just it's a little convenient. bit? About it's that. convenient that we're on this call. I was going to ask for my money back, but uh, I didn't. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, actually, uh, and I would almost consider that, like, since we've met, because you've been so gracious with your time, uh, that the kind of the the major gift millions course, if you will, or um, learning, uh, you know, nuggets from you, uh, really kind of started back in November, um, when we, when we started that relationship. So, um, so thank you, first of all, uh, because it has been extremely helpful. Um, I think, uh, it's, I mean, I I don't know if, did I say, yeah, I think I said this earlier that we had raised like 78% more than we did the year previous. Um, and I, and I, I, I don't think it's a far stretch to say that a lot of that's due to the conversations that we've had, um, which really are what you do in major gift millions. And so it's kind of like I've had several months to actually act on this, um, or at least it feels that way. So as far as the, the course and, and what I've gotten out of it, um, wh- wh- I mean, there are obviously a lot of like technical things that the course goes into in terms of like, how to organize yourself, what to say, um, you know, scripts and things like that. Those are all super helpful. In fact, I'm going to be using the whole, um, I can't remember it off the top of my head, but basically the presentation, the, you know, the presentation, the transition, the ask. Yeah, the, yeah, exactly. Um, I kind of, I took all of those down. I wrote them down into an outline and then tweaked them a bit and added in nuggets for my own you know, personal use and, and to make it and to tailor it to the mission of Annunciation Heights, of course. Um, and so I'm going to be meeting with a donor 
and asking him for a major gift on Friday tomorrow. Jeez. Um, and, uh, and using that. And one of the cool things is that this guy has actually kind of become a, a little bit of a mentor to me. So he knows that I'm doing this. Um, and we're almost using this as like a practice. Uh, so he's not entirely sure what I'm going to be asking him for. Uh, but he does know that uh, why, you know part of the, what he's doing is helping me grow as a as a development officer. But um, that the technical side of it has been super helpful, without a doubt. Right, I'm already putting it into action. Um, but uh, on a kind of a softer level, um, honestly, just the the encouragement and energy that the course provides is, uh, in my opinion even more helpful. And I, my guess is that uh, a lot of your listeners and the people who will be getting this class, if they don't have it already, um, are proficient enough to have a general idea of how to run their day to day. Maybe some, some are not right. And a lot of, for instance, executive directors have, they have no idea, right. But I'm a major gift officer. That's why they hired me. So there is a baseline understanding of that. But a lot of times, especially if you're on your own, like I am. Um, one of the biggest traps to fall into is just discouragement, lack of accountability, feeling kind of isolated. Um, and so when you can listen to someone like yourself, who's been through the struggles that, that I've been through, starting off really on your own, as you've described, um, is incredibly consoling and gives me the the energy and the motivation and the, and just kind of the confidence that I can do it. Um, and, and then therefore it gives me the energy and confidence I need to act on the advice, the technical advice that you, that you give in the, in the videos too. So it's kind of a, a, a twofer, right? You get encouragement, but also strategy and, uh, they're both important. They both play into each other. Yeah, for sure. And, and that's, that is, you know, what you've described is exactly what I wanted the course to be. Like, the the information uh, is out there in a lot of places. Like, most of the things in the course, you could probably find somewhere else for free or cheaper. But one thing, it's not organized in this way. But the, re the real value I wanted to provide is exactly what you described. It's like, look, I think the things I teach are the best way or like a really good way at least. But at the end of the day, like there's lots of ways you can have conversations with people that ultimately lead to giving. The main difference between the super successful major gift fundraisers and everybody else is that everybody else just doesn't do anything. They just sit in their office and, you know, like things like what happened with you. This is such a perfect example. Like you, you screw something up legitimately. Like it's your fault. And somebody's like legitimately upset. Like what the heck? No reason for us to meet. The easiest thing to do is to just go, dang it. I suck. Let me go watch a YouTube video. And now let me watch another YouTube video and let me do whatever and scroll Facebook or Instagram or whatever people that have social media accounts do besides LinkedIn. And, uh, and like, and you just wind up, I mean, you can literally wind up the rest of the day. You did nothing, 
that can turn into two days. That can turn into a week. That can, there are people I know that are in full on major gift roles that have gone three months without going on a visit. And eventually they get fired or they leave. But the thing you've got to do when something doesn't go, when something doesn't go right, when something, when somebody says, I don't want to visit with you, you try to respond to the objection. They're like, no, I don't want to visit with you. Goodbye. Click. The best thing in the world to do is to pick up the phone and dial the number immediately for the next call. And the reason I wanted to make this course is to get people the inspiration, motivation to go do that. And so, yeah, that's that's 100% what I was hoping to do in the course. So I'm glad that came through. Yeah, yeah, it absolutely did. Um, there is uh, There are a couple mo- parts in that course where you instruct your listeners or your students, if you will, um, not to move on before they've accomplished what you just laid out. Uh, and as long as that person has, you know, exercises their will and their discipline not to just keep watching the videos, um, yeah. it's really, really helpful because it forces you to see progress and uh, to most importantly kind of believe in yourself, right? Like I, I know this sounds corny, right. but it, it's so true. In any, in any sales or major gift role, you have to believe that uh, it can be done. <laughs> yes. Yes. You have, to, you have to believe that. You have to start there. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's that, that quote from Henry Ford, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Yeah. That is it. Is There's so many people. I mean, I remember there was... There was someone I was talking to once about like starting a business kind of thing. And they were just like, you know, do you really think someone would, would like buy that? And I was like, yes, a hundred percent. But they were unconvinced, you know, so they didn't start the business. Yeah. And so of course nothing's going to happen, but it's like, if you believe exactly what you said, sales or fundraising, if you believe the thing is possible, if you believe you can be the person that can get that visit, that can ask for the gift, that can close the gift, then you're going to start doing the things that are going to make it a reality. But if you if you don't think you can, you're not going to do anything. And Well, and Kevin, what I would even add to that is that because I, I think sometimes when people hear the word believe, like believe in yourself, that kind of thing, um, it's attached to an emotion that they have. Mm-hmm about how that, you know, their, their own self-perception. Um, mm. right. Because a lot of times I don't in that, in that definition, believe in myself. I don't feel like I'm the guy who can get it done. Right. Uh, right. but that is not what I think either of us mean by believe, right. A lot of times it mm. can kind of feel like you're faking it till you're making it. Um, uh, like you need to, um, really just will it. Like, I don't think I can get this done. I feel like crap. I just had that horrible conversation with that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I am a person who believes that I can get it done, then I'm going to make another call in spite of myself, really. Um, right. And so it's not about like feeling good about yourself. It's about willing your own good, if you will. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, that's what I would add. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I think the... Yeah, that's a hundred percent it. It's like a lot of times you're you're not gonna feel like the, you know, 
I've got this super high, uh, like the dopamine levels are out of control. <laughs> yeah, right. Like I'm just like, <laughs> I'm killing it every, no, yeah. It's just like, all right, I'm going to say, and, and that's the thing is like, there's two things, two primary things I would say to that. One, do everything you can to help yourself feel like you are capable. So like, whatever that means, you know, for me, that means exercise, eating right. Um, you know, if you're a person of faith, that's prayer, could be meditation, could be whatever. Um, like whatever those things are for you that like getting dressed up, like wh whatever it is that like makes you feel confident, do those things. This, Additionally, yeah, go ahead. The, the, the second thing I'll say real quick is if you don't feel confident, that's when, yeah, I am going to break out the email and the text because it requires less, like getting on the phone uh, requires you to be a little more like energized and like get on your game. But it's like, if I'm not feeling it, I can put on some music and send emails and texts, you know, feeling, feeling crappy because like you just power through. Yep. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Oh yeah. You know yeah, what sorry, I, I, you know what I, no, you're good. I, I was going to cut you off. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> But uh, My that's what that's what happens when you get two people who like to talk. Um, <laughs> the uh, the other thing that I think is helpful is uh, if you have something hard, like for instance, you got to make uh, you know twenty five or fifty calls a day. Like you're you're just hammering the phones one day. Is to do something that is kind of equally uncomfortable or hard in the beginning of the day, like working out. Right. Um, yes, that is like, for instance, when I have some, like a meeting or like a phone call that I have to make, that's really important or that I'm nervous about, or that I'm just not looking forward to, um, I will take a cold shower in the morning and I'll wake up extra yeah. early to kind of right. basically prove to myself that like when future Tommy is looking back on his day and uh, staring at the phone, not wanting to dial it. Uh, he can think back to the morning. He's like, I was so uncomfortable this morning. Oh, like the shower was so cold that it hurt, but I did it. And when I got out of the shower, I felt great. And the same thing is going to happen here. I just need to, again, exercise the will and have a little faith, right? That it will happen that way. And 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 those things help too. It's like, I've already done something hard this morning. Uh, and so I can, this stuff seems easier because of that. A hundred percent. Yeah. Cold showers are a fantastic way to, to do that kind of thing. Cause yeah, I mean the, the thing is, is like, yeah, when you've got the, sh <laughs> when you've got the water really cold, <clears throat> like it's one thing like now here in, in D Texas right now, like you put a cold shower on, it's like no big deal. But like, if it's like in the winter, I mean, I remember I was, I was doing cold showers back when we had this ice storm, like, two winters ago and like you know it was like the powers out everywhere and it was you know it was like i don't know like 15 degrees or 11 degrees outside and uh it's like when you put that shower on you know as cold as it'll go and you step in there it, i mean it is like it's terrifying to like because because it's like it's just this immediate you got to jump in and it's just bam and when you do that, there is nothing else you're going to do that day 
you know, outside of living in a combat zone or something. That's going to be more difficult than having that, you know, mental fortitude to just, I'm going in. Yep. And so, yeah, if you, if you could start your day with that, but picking up the phone to schedule visits, nothing. <laughs> I love those. As we begin to, to wrap up here, any final thoughts or things you'd like to share with the world? Oh, man. Um, well, let's see. No, I think I think one of the biggest things I would want to share is is what we were just talking about, um, and and just to add, I guess that you know it's it's easy to talk about it, um, but I don't want people to get the impression that I do this uh, every single day. Um, it's it's a it's a work in progress, and uh, you know it's all just kind of a we're all just struggling struggling along, trying to get better at, at being a professional, being a person. Uh, together and um yeah yeah so uh i'm just super humbled to be able to be on this this podcast because uh you know i i learned about you uh, you know back in the summer of last year um when had been listening to the podcast and uh was a little starstruck i think actually when you when you called me it was like wow this is kevin um, and so, so it's, it's really cool to see it come full circle to be able to be able to be on the podcast and, uh, um, yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, Tom. This was incredible. I'm sure this will go down in one visit away podcast history <laughs> as the most disgusting story that's uh, ever been told. Yikes. And I look forward to you having that honor. <laughs> so yeah, thanks for being on the show and, uh, Look forward to talking soon. Yep. God bless. Bye-bye. That was Tom Myers with Annunciation Heights. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating and review in Apple Podcasts. And especially if you have not enrolled in Major Gift Millions, go do so today. Look, you're not going to regret doing this. Um, just enroll in the course. If within 30 days you aren't blown away by the value, just ask for your money back. I'll give you a full refund. Uh, go to onevisitaway.com slash millions. Or feel free to send me an email, kevin at onevisitaway.com, or send me a message on LinkedIn if you have any more questions or want to know more about the course. But I hope to see you in there. And as always, I hope this episode has inspired you to schedule more visits. You're one visit away from either hearing a very detailed description of someone's medical situations, or maybe just maybe receiving a $70,000 gift. <laughs>